Hello and welcome to Beyond the Bio. Today I'm joined by Camilla Collins, who is the founder of multiple beauty and entertainment agencies that work with individuals, corporations and luxury brands. Camilla is also the author of the book, Hashtag No Filter Needed, kicking unobtainable standards to the curb and reimagining the power within yourself. Camilla now coaches individuals and corporations with their self-image, self-confidence and lifestyle. In this episode, we are talking about speaking and developing a speaking career as another string to our bows. Camilla has recently found success with speaking, so I think this episode is going to be super relatable to those people who maybe haven't done too many speaking engagements yet or are just thinking about how they might add that to their profile raising strategy. Let's get stuck in. So Camilla, welcome to Beyond the Bio and today we are talking all about speaking. So what inspired you to get into speaking? Where's this come from? Well firstly, thank you for having me. It's awesome to be here. And what inspired me to get into speaking? So kind of accidentally in a way, although I I think I'm a performer at heart. I'm a Leo. I like to be the center of attention. And to be honest with you, at school, it was either art school or drama school for me. And I took the art route. So I think it's kind of that sort of performance is is within me. And really, I started speaking. So I've got a hair and makeup agency that specializes in weddings and events. And we have a, I guess, a network called RSVP, which used to be Bride Lux. So the opportunity presented itself to do a talk at one of their symposiums, which was actually last September. Uh, was, no, October, actually. And it's just because James Lord, who runs it, had been on my social media profile on Instagram and obviously had seen me doing quite a few videos and talking uh, kind of more on the confidence and, and lifestyle coaching, which is what I do as well. And so I got given this opportunity, which put the fear of God into me a little bit, but also really, really excited me. And during lockdown, I'd actually devised some sort of talks that I was doing online. Um, Home House, I used to be a member of, so that's kind of where it started. I did the key to self-confidence talk I devised and I delivered that and it went down quite well so that kind of became my signature talk and yeah so I actually had a real stage to perform on last October and that's kind of where it where it started really and I just kind of got the bug for it. How many people were there? I think about 150 yeah 150 to yeah, it was, a, it was a decent size, particularly when you're used to talking online and doing sort of a lot of things over Zoom, as we have been with the crazy three years that we've just had. But do you know what, Sophie, there's nothing beats the energy of, of being in a room. And also, I find it amazing, the adrenaline that sort of comes through you that makes you give a good performance. And I just don't think you can go wrong on stage either. Okay, you can sort of freeze up, but there's something... And I'm sure this happens a lot. There's something that comes up within you, inside of you, that just makes you kind of deliver and you kind of tune into your own, I guess, intuition, your own sort of resources, all that knowledge, I guess, that's come, you know, gone in subconsciously. That sort of comes up, I found, and sort of afterwards, I don't know, it's a bit of like an out-of-body experience is a way I could describe it. I don't know if anyone else has ever said that. 
I can totally relate to that. How did you prepare for for that talk with it being such a, a big one? Sure. So that talk, as I said, I kind of already had the stuff in my armory. So I still I had the key to confidence talk that I'd done. So I sort of took parts from that. And then I had like a workbook that I do with workshops. It's kind of a lifestyle design. So it was kind of half talk, half workshop, which actually was really, really helpful when I guess I'm not used to PowerPoint. I did actually use it in my last talk, but I'm very much kind of a practical person. So having a workbook or something to work from is a really nice guide for you, particularly if you're not so confident, you think you're going to lose your way. So, you know, referring back to that and also making it more interactive with the audience was helpful. So with that one, I kind of followed along along with that one. But the the last one that I did, I spent a good sort of couple of weeks, I guess, marinating ideas. And I really did plan out the talk into kind of sections because it has to have a beginning, a middle and an end. Yeah, that's so important. And when you do talks on stage, do you have notes? So I had cards with me, the last one, just because I'm fairly new, you know, new to all of this. And I didn't want to shoot myself in in the foot. I had actually a card on me when I gave a speech at my book launch, which was a, a couple of years ago. And yeah, I mean, I started with, I think about 16 cards when I was rehearsing. So I rehearse at home all the time. Um, and then we whittled it down to four, you know, once you start like locking those kind of key points in, then they're just little prompts and, and guides. But as I said, the first talk that I did last October was mainly kind of working from the workbook. So, you know, I've done that workshop so many times, I know exactly what's in it. So it was, you know, easy to flow from. Yeah, yeah. And I really like the idea of having the, the signature talk that you can then really hone and become really confident in and then I tend to find that once you've got that you can then use that as a bit of a base for other ones to to come from would you say there are any differences in the way that you prepare to speak uh, to a live audience in person versus a zoom online type scenario a lot more preparation for a live performance I think you can get away with a bit more and I think when I was first delivering that well, what then became my signature talk, I kind of almost had a script on screen because I'm looking at the screen so no one can really see. Not that I was reading word for, for word, but it was a lot easier to kind of to have. So, you know, I think repetition is the mother of all learning. So I think the more you can rehearse things, the, you know, the more confident obviously you become with it and the more it kind of goes in. I mean, my mum does amateur dramatics acting and she writes out, you know, to, in order to learn her lines, she writes out her lines. And that's, you know, can be quite a good tool as well to... And that's why I like to devise a whole talk and, and almost like write a whole story out and then condense it down into kind of points. It's like a whole sort of process. And that helps me to to really sort of remember what I'm talking about and when I'm supposed to be talking about it. That's really useful. I think it's helpful to have a process and, and work through it systematically and, and get prepared in that way. So do people approach you to speak or are you pitching yourself out or is it a bit of a combination of the two? So... I think it, the first one, I, I sort of pitched a home house and they were looking for people to entertain everybody at home. So they sort of jumped on that. Uh, and as I said, James sort of found me having looked at my social profile. So I think that obviously really helps to be visible online, to be talking online. You know, not all my videos are polished, but, you know, sharing your kind of ideas and things, people pick up on that. So the opportunity came to me and then I got booked to speak again. And then now people are approaching me off the back of seeing my talks and also a podcast as well. I'm speaking at WedCon in November and uh, that was off the back of a, a podcast just that when we finished and ended recording she was like do you do speaking by the chance? I was like well yes actually I do and she was like I think you'd be great we've got obviously our big conference annual conference coming up you know would you like to talk? 
Like, absolutely. So you've got to do that first push. But, you know, the more you're putting yourself out there, the more you're talking about your ideas and, and your thoughts and putting that kind of material out there, the more people you know, receptive to it and start thinking, oh, actually, maybe she'd be good for this or maybe he'd be good for this and opportunities start flowing. What do you do around pricing? Because I, I think sometimes that's a little bit tricky or a bit awkward when people ask you to speak. Do you have a set price where you're like, this is my fee and I'm not getting out of bed for less than that? Or are you guided by them? I think because it's the early stages and also I'm building confidence in myself, but also I think you have to build confidence in your pricing as well. And if I think back to hair and makeup artistry, for example, you know how those prices go up, you know, you just have to to build that up slowly. There are speaking engagements that I'll do for free if, you know, A, it's something passionate about. I've also been speaking in schools as well, particularly with my book. So, you know, I wouldn't charge for that. I'm passionate about bringing all that stuff into schools and and kind of educating and and motivating and inspiring kids there. And depending on the audience, you know, if there's kind of sales to be made, then, you know, I consider that it's more kind of, I guess, the corporates when you've got bigger corporates that are looking for team building days and yeah, just general kind of wellbeing services that have the budget for it, then, you know, I tend to not sort of budge on that. And that's a fair bit of work that comes through, which is actually most of my online work at the moment. So really, in short, it depends on who's who's asking and, and what it's for. And, you know, it's a bit like, I guess, comedians when they try out their material and see what lands, particularly if I'm doing new stuff, I'm going to want to try that out sort of first. And it eases the pressure on me as well. If I'm not, you know, if we're not charging for it, it doesn't have to be absolutely perfect. And well, you don't feel like it does subconsciously. Uh, and then you're able to kind of work out what works and, and take that forward and devise a, a really banging on point talk that you can charge thousands for that makes sense that makes total sense do you have a speaker kit that you send out to to the event organizers what's in it yeah no, it needs updating for sure <laughs> um so yeah i have a media kit just in a google drive and then it just basically has obviously a little about me kind of section links to my book uh the podcast which it kind of got abandoned a bit a couple of years ago but yeah it just links to all my socials and, and things like that in there and obviously the topics that I, that I talk about I've got a page on the website as well that gives a suggestion of topics but obviously always open to doing new ones depending on what you know if we have like international women's day you've got like the word for that that day or the the actual topic so I might be devising a talk around that so yeah I'm always open to creating new ones it just depends if it's a good fit and if I've got the time to develop it because it does take me a good few weeks to you know create a whole new talk it really does doesn't it and I think people do sometimes underestimate that you know can you come and just talk at this for half an hour or an hour or whatever and then it's something you've not done before and you're like "Mm, that's gonna take me quite a while to actually put something together because you want to do a good job don't you you don't want to just rock up and totally wing it wing it (laughs) But yeah, no, I think people really do because they just think, oh, you speak like you're just confident. You get upstage, you know, talk, talk on this topic, go. And it it doesn't work like that as much as you're up there exuding confidence, like all the work before and also before you stepped on stage. It's yeah, it's it's nerve wracking in a way. And you, you need to plan it and, and build your confidence with it. Do you have a speaker reel? I do. I do. Uh, just literally. Well, Still in development. It took me ages to get the footage from the last two events. And they've been really nice events, nice looking events as well. So I wanted to use those for for the reel. So I had a little right. amalgamation of ones from like Zoom talks and things that I've done that I had initially and workshops that I'd run. And then, yeah, so there's just like a nice 
showreel with no kind of talking on it, which is just nice to obviously see me at work. It's got my book launch in it and the last two talks, October and, and this April that I did. And then what I've done is I've actually chopped up all those talks into reels, which are literally just starting to go out this week and it's a month's worth of content. So those will be going out. And then what I've done with some of those reels is I've selected a few and created like the thing, one of them six minutes and the other one's eight minute video. So you can actually hear me talking about specific topics. So you get an idea of what, you know, what I talk about, what's in inside it, what my energy is like, and people can just get a real feel about, yeah, who you are and, and what you, what you can give. Cool. That all sounds great. When you are on the stage and you're doing your talk, what techniques do you use to engage and connect with the audience? Questions is always a great one. And yeah, I try to engage as, as much as possible. And, you know, sometimes it can be really hard as well when you look around and, and people are looking like, yeah, you just catch them when you think, oh, are they bored? Are they? And then you can start getting in your own head. So I think the more communication that you've got sort of going on with people, A, it keeps people engaged and makes them respond. And actually the people that come up to after saying, oh, I got so much from that talk, you know, they were actually really thinking about what you're saying, but you can obviously read it, uh, read it wrong. What, what do you do when you ask questions? And no one <laughs> replies. So it's funny you say that because at the end, uh, we had a Q&A of the last one. And it said, you know, do you have, you know, does anybody have any questions? And it was like, silence. And I, I took that as like, oh, God, like no one was listening to anything I had to say. Like it went terrible. Da, da, da. And, and someone came up to me afterwards. And, and, you know, a lot of people you know, said it was a really great talk. They got so much from it, you know, and pinpointing things that I said. So it wasn't the case. But someone said to me, he said, I think you just you literally covered everything. And we had, you know, really had so much to think about that just no one no one had any questions. But, yeah, you can take it totally the wrong way and it's difficult but I've not when I've asked like little I guess they're rhetorical questions so if no one answers you just kind of crack on it's not you know picking out it's more kind of a general question thrown out raise your hand stuff that's easy for people to do rather than standing up and replying to you with a microphone in the audience that's probably a step too far for for some people yeah and when you finish the talk and you've had the chats with the audience and the organizers and stuff do you have a process around following up with the organizers in terms of asking for things like a testimonial or photos or the recording or anything like that yeah so i so yeah absolutely recording and it's taken me a while to get that as I said, because quite often it's like obviously a third party. It's not necessarily the organizers, it's their videographers that they hire. So, you know, you can either go direct to them and ask nicely or sometimes the organizers, it's obviously not highest on their priority to get that footage. I mean, I actually initially wanted to bring my own videographer in, but because the videographer was sponsoring the event and everyone, it was like, you know, big collab for them. Yeah, you can't really do that. So you kind of have to wait. So luckily I did get the footage. With regards to testimonials, I actually went directly to the people that were there because the great thing is when you are speaking, okay, you can have some sort of QR code or whatever if you've got a board, but asking people to follow you on your socials, you can then find those people and actually just start a conversation with them, you know, reach out to them direct, just say, hey, thank you so much for coming. So I talked, just wondered, you know, what was a, I don't know, what was a key thing that you got out of it? You know, once you start the conversation, you can either use those little snippets that they give back to you, or you can say, you know, would you mind writing me a testimonial? And I've literally... Every, everyone I asked was more than happy to I think the key is to do it sort of fresh after the event as well you know sort of straight after that rather than a couple of weeks later And I think that goes for all 
business reviews. You want yeah, to keep absolutely. When they're that's, hot. that's really important. So obviously you have a number of other business interests. So how do you balance your speaking commitments, bear in mind all the time that it might take to prepare or to travel and to do the talk itself? Mm-hmm. How do you balance speaking engagements with your other business interests? So again, early stages for me on the speaking front, but I love it so much. Like this is actually where everything is going to be going into sort of from now on. And I've you know been trying to work out. It's been really difficult for the last couple of years because of the agency that I have is hair and makeup. We specialize events and weddings. So even when there wasn't lockdown, events still couldn't happen because you couldn't have large events. So when things opened back up again, it was basically just madness. So I got pulled back into the business to do a lot of I guess the heavy duty work and the hands-on stuff which took me away from the whole coaching side that I was pursuing and also the speaking side of things so now in September and that you know fresh new start sort of vibe I'm kind of ready to move forward with that got my ducks relatively in a row on the other side but I, I did find it I find it really difficult to keep swapping hats And what I will say, and I really noticed that when it comes to speaking, like you can't have a clouded mind. If you've got loads of stuff going through your head, you're not going to be able to find those thoughts that you need to to talk about because you're not reading off a paper. So I think it's really important to make sure that you're organized, like your life and your business is organized. And that's why, you know, I feel very much that if this is what I really want to focus on and kind of solely do essentially, which, which it is, then, you know, some things have to fall to the back seat really this has to this has to be a priority great well I look forward to seeing where you take it and and seeing what happens next for you where can people find you if they want to connect with you so I mainly hang out I think on Instagram Instagram is kind of my my place and that's at Camilla J Collins in fact all my social handles are Camilla J Collins and if you google that you should find me and my website is camillacollins.com and there's a speakers page on on there as well and all the other jazz. Awesome. Well, we'll pop those in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been super cool. Thank you. Lovely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. If you're serious about growing your profile, take our free profile assessment quiz to see where you're at right now and get hints and tips on how to improve your score. You'll find the link to the quiz in the show notes. If you've enjoyed the episode, it would be mint if you'd subscribe, like and leave a review. See you next Monday.